Well, hello world. Welcome to Something to Talk About, another edition. We took a little bit of a hiatus last week, but uh, we're back with uh, with Something to Talk About, brand new show. Still waiting for Vaughn. She's probably back in the in the dressing room primping and getting ready to to come come into the show. But uh, it's been a great it's been a great week. Um, for those, hope everybody that's watching and everything has gotten your shots, at least one of them so far, maybe both of them. Uh, great that we're we're getting our shots and getting out of this pandemic thing pretty soon. It'll be in our rearview mirror, and we can all carry on and go back to whatever whatever we knew as normal. I still question as to how fast it's going to be before people start shaking hands. Will they continue to fist bump or elbow bump or or something? But uh, uh, the integration back into into the mainstream might be a little bit slower than we thought. Uh, with with uh, sports venues opening up, I don't have a real problem with going to baseball games. That's going to be out open air, and I know that uh, that some of the baseball stadiums may not have full capacity, but they're still going to do a little bit of social distancing. People could still have the option of wearing their masks if they want. Uh, some of the indoor arenas, I mean, nobody ever thought we were going to be going through uh, March Madness with uh, the basketball uh, playoffs and everything that were really restricted, but you got to do whatever's best going, going forward. But, uh, uh Vaughn and I were going to be talking this morning. And, uh, again, as I say, uh, she'll probably drop in as soon as she, uh, uh, gets in. But, uh, we were talking a little bit about businesses and how businesses were affected, uh, during the pandemic, um, some better than others. Uh, and what was interesting is as we both started researching it a little bit. Oh, there she is. Hello. Just popped in. I I, I know. I, I was just talking about starting to get into our, our conversation today. But uh, uh, I know before we start talking about businesses and everything, I, I guess there's a few things that are going on in the in the the, the Loek uh, family that are, are kind of exciting this week. Uh, mainly it has a little bit of something to do with some hoops. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. Very you know, we're, we're talking about the Baylor Bears in the in the uh, final four. Um, it's Everything's on the line going forward. In another week, we're going to know who the, the NCAA basketball champions are. Their next game is going to be a barn stormer with Houston. Yeah. That is going to be one incredible game. Yeah, and all but you—you you got one graduate from Baylor, and you got two that are there right now. They must be going nuts down in Waco. Yeah, they are actually. I mean, you know, we all watched the game, of course, but then my youngest, who's a freshman down there, she got to uh, go over by the fountain. They had a big, a big screen outside for all the kids, and they could all kind of sit around and um, you know watch the game. They watched both women's and men. We gotta give we gotta give some credit to the women's yep. uh, the Lady Bears. They are an amazing team, and they have played very well even last year and the year before. They continue to be very strong. They have such talent on that team, and you know, you know it. It's the other team won fair and well. Anyway, the other team won, and but we did lose Didi. Um, Richards, one of our key players to a hamstring injury in the game. And then, you know, it was neck and neck up until the very end. And I'm sure if you turned on your TV, you've heard about that very, very, very bad call. Yeah. And they've shown it from every angle. And they've had so many people speak. It kind of is, a for me, raises a topic that I think maybe we should discuss, you know, one time on the show, which is, referees, umpires, officials, should they be, and if they are held accountable, how do you hold them accountable for such a, an instrumentally bad call? It completely affected who won and who lost. Yeah, well, and sometimes when know. they read. That was clearly a bad yeah. call. Yeah, and, and also sometimes when they review it after the game, game is over, it's in the books, and when they go back and they review it and they say, you know what, it really was a bad call, but it's too late to overturn the game. 
Uh, that happens a lot in baseball. And that's, and that's, yeah, and that's fair. I get, I understand that. I guess what I'm saying is after a game, should there be some kind of, I don't know, some kind of record of like the officials and how many errors they make in calling games and how that should kind of impact their qualifications moving forward to right. Well, that's, that's true. You know, because I just, it was seen from so many angles and I, I understand the whole being in the moment and having to call a shot and it's quick or whatever, but, um, and I get that, but now that it had happened, we have to be able to trust that these officials have the eye that is needed to catch those split second throws and fouls and whatnot. And again, if this was first time she had made this error, I get it. But perhaps we keep a tally sheet of errors that refs, officials, umpires make before That's we ask them to officiate another game or whatever. I'm just and there, there is an up umpires association and all, and they have to be reviewing too and say, you know what, this was clearly a bad call. And so that referee is going to be removed from that level of play. Maybe send them to, to a college level or something instead of at the professional uh, level or, or, you know, and you're, you're right. Everybody, everybody has to be held accountable. Yes. And so. I mean, it, it doesn't change the outcome of the game. Uh, of course, is projecting here. All professional officials are graded, even though, so that's a good thing. But still, the outcome of that game would, probably shouldn't have ended the way it did. But anyway, yeah. it is what it is. That so the well, you know. And, and also, you know, we've gotten to the point now where they review all kinds of shots. You know, uh, uh, they'll stop a game uh, and all they'll go and they'll review. And I don't understand in many of these cases, like they do in football very often, they will they will go and review a catch. Was his foot on the line or off the line? They'll look at it from every angle. And then they will come back and they will rule it, it stands or it's overturned. And, and in cases like this, I don't understand why it was something that could not have been seen and, 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 and the call either held or reversed before the end of the game, not after the game. And everybody says, oh, wait a minute. We just looked at that, that video, and it clearly was a wrong yeah. call. I don't know. I think – I don't know. I think they knew right then and there. The way I understand it is there wasn't enough time I don't know, but, but I guess, yeah, I agree with you. Why couldn't they have stopped right then and there and kind of reviewed it? But, but they, they didn't, it was very disappointing. It was not the outcome that we had hoped because, because, and I'm, I know somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, but the, the lady bears really such a strong team played. I believe the better game. We lost Didi, which that happens. I get then this bad call with 19 seconds left on the clock. It was unfortunate how it ended. But um, but this is how it this is the life of sports, and so I get that. So now we root on the men's Baylor Bears, and yes, they are going into the final four. Um, and uh, we'll be watching and rooting, cheering them on. It's good, yeah, it's, the whole it, load of household. And you know, you 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 talked about uh, your your daughters being down at, at at school and watching it in Waco on a big screen, and all my sister is in Indianapolis and she oh, is wow. working at Lucas oil stadium. Oh, and wow. She is there. Yeah. She's been there for the March madness. She has watched all of these games cause she's an usher and uh, she, she's just, she's beside herself. Yeah, oh, definitely. How fun for her. So for that, sure. you know, being in the right place at the right time, talk about no, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, anyway, so yeah. So go bears. Sick yep. Go bears. We'll be we'll be we'll be watching very intently. Okay, good. Uh, Text me during the game. Uh, right, <laughs> and and fortunately the game doesn't interfere with our show because otherwise nobody yeah. would be watching us. Right, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> but just... you know, I I I I threw the bone out there at the beginning of the show and told everybody while we were waiting for you to jump in. Uh, that we got into a little conversation earlier about about businesses that that managed to fare the pandemic, uh, and 
you know, you, you I know you love to research uh, stuff, and and I did it too, and I was absolutely totally amazed at how many major corporations and large businesses with multiple locations uh, either started closing doors on a lot of their on, on a lot of their, their businesses or just closed up completely. And it was the little guy who sat down and thought about how how can I attack this this incon, you know this inconvenience of of the pandemic. And it's it's amazing the percentage of small businesses with one or you know maybe two or three locations maximum fared fairly well, and the major corporations just got blown out of the water. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and we we had Melissa wait on a couple months ago to talk about her small business. Uh, right. She's the owner of Paper Fair here in Frisco. And she shared with us a little bit about what she did to try to keep their heads above water um, at her all her locations. She's got three uh, stores here in the Frisco, Dallas, Plano area. Right. But, um, but you know, so, yeah, I, I think the talking about the small business owners, I think that they had more um, flexibility in terms of how they modified their business plan um, as it would then relate to circumstances surrounding the pandemic. The larger corporations are very much mandated. For example, in Frisco, I went into after Governor Abbott said that you didn't have to wear masks. You could wear masks, but he's leaving it up to each individual business and each individual to choose whether or not you want to wear the mask. He didn't say don't wear the mask. He just said, so I am choosing to wear my mask still because I feel right. like it just makes people around me feel more comfortable. Um, I don't mind wearing it. I've gotten used to it now, but I was at Market Street. And one of the employees there said that while some of their employees, managers included, felt comfortable not wearing their masks and felt comfortable not mandating that customers wear their masks, still it was a corporate mandate. So all across the country, even if you're in Texas with Abbott as your governor, still that's what he gave is these individual corporations and businesses and industries the choice in our area anyway to make their own, you know, to, what, to decide whether or not they want to wear a mask. But so even if you're so a small business owner versus corporate, even if you're corporate, um, you know, you can be considered a small business here in our area because our market street has become to me like a small business because it's here right. in, in Frisco and you know everybody in there and you know all the employees. But it is corporate run and you need to remember that. And and it's obvious here with their with their mask mandate. But Stuart, I, I was thinking too, not just the small businesses. You know, but I was thinking also just large industries and corporations and organizations that thrived and really blew it out of the water during the pandemic, mainly because of just the concept of their industry or the products that they serve or, you know, sell or the service that they provide or, you know, and so when you really look back on the past year and you kind of start to gather the companies that are doing in some cases 50% better than they did before 2020. Um, it kind of makes you wonder why. But then when, when I started looking at these companies, it was really quite obvious, um, you know, just based on just the circumstances surrounding the pandemic, it was no wonder that, you know, cleaning services were doing very well. Delivery services of all kinds were doing very well grocery stores, liquor stores. I mean, the list goes on and on. Fitness equipment companies, used car companies because people were staying away from public transportation. Um, healthcare workers, of course, telehealth, tutors online. I mean, when you look at some of these industries and businesses that really survived and thrived, you know, it's no surprise based on the concept of their, you know, their business. So I, I, I mean, I just thought it was, you know, kind of obvious when I started to just kind of look at, just kind of gather some of the businesses that did very well. 
Yeah, and and again, I think a lot of it is, as I said, I I'm I was a I was a mama papa operation uh, my my whole career. Uh, you know, we had as many as five stores at one time, but uh, 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 you know, finally got down to that one store, and it was a, it very much was mama papa operation. What I saw was, you know, six months ago there were predictions that anywhere from twenty five to fifty percent of all uh, hospitality type uh, businesses were going to be gone. They were just going to shut their doors. Well, and that happened. A lot of a lot of franchises didn't make it because they couldn't afford their rents. They couldn't afford their help. They couldn't afford to keep up their 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 agreements with their franchises. But the independents. Uh, they reinvented the wheel, if you will. A good example is our is our good friend Mike Luther over at Up Inspired Kitchen. As soon as the mandate started coming down, saying that restaurants had to close, Mike said, "You know, I may have to close my doors to people coming in and sitting down and dining in the restaurant, but I'm going to keep cooking. I'm going to keep my cooks behind the grill." And I'm going to keep my help here packaging up food and we're either going to deliver it or we're going to bring it out to your car uh, for your pickup. He modified his his menu a little bit. He added items. He subtracted items. He modified his hours a little bit. Uh, those are the things that you, that anybody has to do when their business is in any kind of peril. It doesn't necessarily have to be a pandemic. But when you're faced with an issue like that, uh, granted... Probably one of the biggest areas that was was uh, that came into play was landlords. There were some landlords that just said, "No, you got a contract. You owe me this amount every month, and I I don't care if you have to close your doors. You still got to pay your rent." There were other landlords that said, "Look, we'll modify your rent, or we'll we'll suspend your rent for the next few months, and when you get up and running again, you start paying rent, and then little by little, maybe pay back some of the patent." back rent. The independent can sit down with their landlord. The independent can sit down with their employees and work out a new program. The corporations just didn't move that fast. And because of that, the, probably the biggest area where the clothing clothing businesses uh, and, and accessory businesses, we lost Payless footwear. You lost uh, uh, the gap and, and the baby gap and you lost uh, 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 men's warehouse, Joseph A. Bank. Uh, these corporations just said we can't, we can't do it if people aren't walking in the door. We got Steinmark. all this inventory. We can't sell. Yeah, Steinmark. I mean, you know, just a lot of those places over there. Tuesday morning, I, a lot of those bigger places. People, you know, you have to consider the clientele and just the yeah. fact that people were not wanting to get out. I mean, just a lot of those. You know, now. But on the flip side, then you have places like Nordstrom's that really push the curbside service. And, you, you know, they just tried to make accommodations for their shoppers to shop however they feel most comfortable by phone, online, curbside. And so they really had to think outside the box. But I think to your point, like the smaller businesses, they can kind of get a little bit more creative, the smaller independent ones. They're, you know, they've got maybe a smaller staff and they don't have to work through as much red tape and get as much approval from the higher ups, the powers that be, the board of directors, whatnot. Um, it doesn't have to be a decision that works across the board in every retail, uh, you know, outlet across the country. It's their, their store, you know, their concept their community, they know who their shoppers are, their customers. So they can, they have a little bit more, I think, flexibility in terms of being creative and how they, you know, design a new business plan to accommodate, you know, the, the new needs um, under the umbrella of the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, you know, the independent merchant did have one major advantage and that was they could stay in touch with their customers. Mm -hmm. They had customer lists. They had customer emails. They could send out notices. They could have their help get on the phone and call. Mrs. Jackson, uh, I know it's been tough, and now, but I just wondered, is there anything that you may need from the store? Because we'll be happy to drop it off. Go on to our website, and if you see something you need, we'll take care of it, and we'll bring it over and drop it off at your, at your, at your house. 
Those were the things that the independent could do. They knew their customer base, whereas the biggies, they don't know. They just have to rely on foot traffic. The, you know, the, the more people that walk through the door and ring the register, the, 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 the better their bottom line. Uh, and that's what I think hurt a lot of the big, the big, the big retailers. The other thing was whatever you could buy inside any of those shops, big shops or small shops, you could go online and you could now buy it on the internet. And all of a sudden Amazon prime went through the stratosphere because of shipping and now they could get it to you within a matter of days. If you tried it on, it didn't fit, put it back in a box and ship it back. Yeah. And that's another thing. I think that some of these new business plans that have been developed, business strategies, whatever, whether it's a corporate business or an independent, obviously a lot of the changes that they made while they obviously worked very well during, you know, the during quarantine and all that, I mean, we're still experiencing a pandemic, but on a different level now, but, uh, I think they work so well that a lot of these places are continuing to keep these new practices in place because, right. because some of these businesses, for example, you referenced um, up inspired. There's another local restaurant here in town, Gallinero. And he actually did better on their curbside pickup than they would do on a normal Saturday, Friday, Saturday night. Like, 70, I think I want to remember at one time he said it was like 70% of their business and they didn't have a lot of that curbside pickup before all of this, because most people just, you know, went to the restaurant and ate inside. They didn't, you know, of course right. there was, some pickup, but it really exploded obviously. So this is something they, they have still, even though they've got more people coming into the restaurants back up to hundred percent and all that, they that works very well for them and they're going to yeah you were breaking up there just a little bit Sorry. but uh but no you're, you're right and now you've got a lot of pluses number one some of the restrictions are being relaxed there are restaurants i'm noticing that aren't necessarily going back to having the maximum number of tables that they've had they're still still you know, uh, recognizing a little bit of social distancing. Of course, the restaurants that have outdoor seating, you're finding that those tables are are almost full all the time because yeah. people feel more comfortable dining outdoors in an open open air setting than than indoors. Uh, you're also getting better weather, and and weather is a, a big factor in getting people to Absolutely. to go to those restaurants, indoor or outdoor dining. So, you know, that's why I say we've kind of turned the corner and things are getting better and, and little by little, I mean, I'm, I agree with you when I go into stores and I see that some of the, some of the staff or other, other shoppers in the store are not wearing masks. It used to really bother me until I got the shots, uh, and all, but now I choose to keep covered just because I still want to protect myself. Before, there was a little bit of me that said, I'm going to also wear that mask because I want to protect the other people around me. Uh, but now it's, it's, it is. It's all about me. And, and, and people have to do that. If you still are uncomfortable, uh, you don't even have to shop in that store if their help doesn't wear a mask and you're, you're uncomfortable. Go to one of the places where they still are, are asking people to wear a mask, at least when they come in the store. Uh, but I feel more comfortable wearing a mask now because I have had my inoculations and 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 I can shop and and feel feel more comfortable about it. The travel industry is starting to open up in that regard also that they are still requiring people to to mask up uh, on the airplanes and on some of the transportation um but little by little that'll start being relaxed too. Um and you, you know, know what? There'll probably be people who never stop wearing a mask and that's fine too. I don't take offense either way. Wear a mask or don't wear a mask. I mean, yeah. in, in the beginning when it was mandated, wear the mask. I, you know, I mean, but now if it's a choice, if the business that I'm frequenting at the time right. requires a mask, I'm going to wear the mask. If it, if it doesn't, in fact, I was at a place, um, 
over the weekend, it was outdoors. It was a nursery, a local nursery here. And a lot of people still had their masks on outdoors. I don't feel as great a need to wear my mask outdoors. And my sales associate was not wearing a mask. And it was a warm day and we were out. And so I did take my mask off. I kept my distance. I wasn't like 10 feet from the guy, but I wasn't all up in his face either. But I was out. And so there there are times and I was at another store and I was the only person on the aisle and I was trying to read ingredients and my glasses were fogging up because of my mask. (laughs) You know, it just this this lift of the mandate just allowed me to feel more comfortable pulling my mask down. I was not with anybody. I could take my glasses. I had my mask down. I was doing my thing. And then I just put it back up. So I think it just, it's just, it's, it's kind of a good way to ease back into a life without masks. Should you so choose again, there will be people who will forevermore wear a mask. I guarantee you that. You know, that brings up, brings up a point because the Japanese culture, uh, they've been wearing masks for, for, you know, years and years and years. And it's not because of a pandemic, it's because of pollution. Uh, and and it's it, it it has been that way. I always wonder why this wearing of masks didn't start a lot earlier, like around Los Angeles, which which is notorious for having smog and, and bad air quality. Uh, yeah. But, you know, even when we started wearing masks, everybody was so self-conscious about wearing the masks and today i mean you got designer masks out there now people are creating their own masks uh everybody's in the mask business every every college campus has their own mask every sport every you know sports organization has their own you know but um yeah that's another industry by the way that i (laughs) obviously did very well during the pandemic is businesses that made these masks or whatever but you know, um, but I was, but I, I have to say, I did find it interesting. And, and you know, we were talking a little bit about how smaller businesses had to be a little more creative, I guess, in terms of how they restructured their business plan to accommodate the, the new needs in, in, in the midst of a pandemic. But also, it was easier for them because, because they're smaller, they, they had more flexibility in doing that. Some of the larger organizations or businesses or industries that did very well and are continuing to do very well, it, it was based not so much on having to redesign their business or product in any way or service. It was simply because during that time, their, biz, their, their business, their product, their service, whatever, became a great need. And like, you know, grocery stores, you know, not only did we rush to the store and buy food, frozen products in particular, a lot of frozen food, but cleaning supplies. And of course the toilet paper and the paper towels. And I mean, grocery stores were, were really hit hard, but came out of this really, you know, ahead of the game. Um, uh, liquor stores. I found this interesting. Not only were people, you know, having a maybe, a, a drink or two during these times to get through, but also they were, they were helping make sanitizer, hand sanitizer. So, you know, they're, they're, some of these businesses just did so well just because of the need. <laughs> you know, I, some of those sanitizers smell like tequila. I, I, I think a lot of people went to the liquor store and they bought, and they bought liquor and wine and everything because they couldn't get Purell at the at the uh, right. you know at the, at the grocery store to sanitize themselves from the outside, so you could sanitize yourself from the inside out. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, or at least just numb, just numb all the thoughts. I don't know, but um, I was I actually contributed to the success of this industry, the fitness equip the fitness equipment industry. I during those times you couldn't even the beginning of quarantine, you couldn't even find hand weights. I mean, they were just sold out everywhere, even Amazon. Well, because uh, people oh, couldn't get out to their, to their clubs, uh, the exactly. clubs were either closed or limiting. Uh, and also you're, you're right. The sa- the sales of uh, stationary bikes and treadmills uh, yep. and, and all that just skyrocketed. Also yep. uh, videos, uh, uh, yep, workout the game, the game videos. Industry. Yep. 
But, so, but, but you know, before, and, and, you, before you move on to that, with the with the with the equipment, with the fitness equipment, also online fitness instruction became a big hit. That's right. And even still is today. People, many people have chosen just not to go back to the gym because they found what they needed online. You pop up your computer. If you have a Peloton at home or any kind of bike, you've got you can find yourself an instructor to walk you through that exercise. Or, and you've got now your handheld equipment at home or whatever equipment you have. Go online. You can Google any exercise with a step, with a bike, running. So a lot of the online uh, fitness um, videos, I guess, have. And, and I guess they get their money from advertising because a lot of them are free for the right. for the customer anyway. Yeah. Uh, but know, yes, gaming, yes, gaming too. Definitely gaming too, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, in, 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 uh, if there's probably one segment, I think, of the food industry that probably fared fairly well, that was the pizza places because uh -huh. most pizza places were carry out anyway. Mm -hmm. So now they, they were either delivering or it was it was pickup. And now it, what was the difference whether you went in to get your pizza or you pulled up and you called me and you said, yeah, I, I'm here and I already put it on my credit card. They bring it out to, out to the car. Uh, so the, the the pizza industry and, and some other fast food industries like that really did well. The drive-throughs, a lot of the 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 uh, you know uh, uh, restaurants and everything that had drive-through capabilities, they weren't allowing people inside the restaurant. But man, those drive-throughs were a half a mile long. People were waiting to pick up pick up their food that way too. And then, Absolutely. and also, you know, look, look, a year and a half ago, how many, how many grocery stores had curbside pickup? They all started with that too, where in today, when I even go to the grocery store on my own, there's probably 20 uh, uh, employees that are going through the store with carts, filling orders for curbside pickup. And all I, yep. I still choose to do my own shopping, but so many people are going online and ordering their food online too. It's nice to have the options. And that's what coming out of this, we have more options. Like, there might be people, regardless of a pandemic, they, for whatever yeah. reason, can't get out and do the hopping. So this has just really made everybody aware of your options in terms of you know how you shop. And not only curbside, but there are a lot of delivery services now that have really picked up. Uber Eats and I don't know, Blue Apron, and I can't even name them all. There are so many delivery services. You don't even have to get in the car and go to the curb. They'll just come to you. And so- Did, um, did you have any of those little robots in your neighborhood? Those little delivery bots? No, I don't think so. <laughs> around around where, where I am, the, the donut, I don't know who the company was, but they had these, they're small little remote control like robots and they would go to like the donut shop you could call the donut shop and order a dozen donuts they would put it in one of these robots program your your address and they would just turn this thing loose it would go it would go up to a four-way light it would wait until the light turned green and it would go across the street i mean it was like something out of the future come down the sidewalk and all of a sudden it would come up in front of your house and all, and it would call you and let you know that your delivery was out front. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now I don't know whether whether the pandemic started to to ease up, but I don't even see those robots anymore in the neighborhood. I, I never have seen those robots. They they were. Are the you screen. sure? Are, are you sure that you really did see the robots? <laughs> I think so. Maybe I had. Robots. Maybe I had too much at the liquor store. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I mean, I'm not going to say we didn't have, we did have like uh, a snow cone truck that would come through occasionally for the kids. We right. had a local Mexican restaurant that would come and deliver food on designated days. You could place an order and they would come in, you could pick it up. And, you know, businesses again, were just doing what they could to be creative and stay in front of the customer best they could during these times when the customer couldn't get to them. Yeah. And, and again, you know, trying to look six months or a year into the future, how many of those businesses are going to say these modifications that we did when we had to are working and let's right. continue to do those because they, they continue to work. 
I always felt I felt sorry for a lot of the grocery stores because you know a lot of the food you know uh, 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 in the food in, in the stores have have expiration dates. They're perishables. Good lord, the 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 produce department. I mean, I I can only guess how many pounds of produce had to be tossed because there weren't people coming in the door to buy lettuce and tomatoes and apples and and oranges and all that and, and just had to be had to be thrown out. And when that happens, that that hurts your profitability. Uh, some stores I noticed that there were a little less. You didn't see a hundred pounds of bananas in the store anymore. It was maybe 20 or 30 pounds because they would come in on a regular basis. So there, there wasn't as much to choose from And Sometimes certain items would sell out. Um, but everybody, everybody had to, uh, you know, the customer had to, uh, had to adjust their buying, uh, uh, you know, uh, abilities and the stores had to, to uh, alter their providing abilities to their customers. You know? Yeah. There's a, there's an interesting quote that I, I just really stumbled upon by Charles Darwin. And it said, he said, it is not the strongest of the species that survives nor the most intelligent. It is the one most adaptable to change. Charles Darwin. Yeah. And I thought that that was very appropriate. And he probably said that centuries ago. Probably said it centuries ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still as valid today as it was centuries ago when he said it. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about businesses and industries that survived and in some cases thrived during the pandemic. But if you think about all the individuals who were affected by this, well, everyone, um, and you think of circumstances that really just go across the board. We're talking in schools, in churches, in, you know, nonprofit organizations, in, in the arts district. All of them had to make accommodations and try to keep their goals, um, try to continue to maintain their goals. My daughter, Emily, is a senior at Baylor, like you mentioned earlier, and she was recruitment chair for her sorority this year. And she also was a challenging uh, job uh, recruiting virtually. And it, you know, normally these girls just have their big parties and everybody goes through. Right. Partner, you get to meet everybody in person and it's done the traditional way. They had to completely from ground up build a new recruitment program that accommodated everybody and kept everybody apart, social distance, not even social distance, but apart. We're talking virtually. And they actually right. did it very well. I won't go into all the details, but they were very creative in how they designed their new recruitment process, thought outside the box, had a very successful recruitment. And I just think it's, while it's not something she would have chosen, she probably would have loved to have had just the traditional where the girls could come through and all that. Still, I think maybe years later, she'll realize how that impacted her character and just kind of prepared her for future maybe situations where she's going to have to do the same thing and make a change or rethink a, a rethink the norm and think outside the box and be creative. And so I thought it was a good exercise for her to go through. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if, if nothing else, it was a good ability uh, uh, for her to to see what adaptability was all about. Is to realize that with that good old Yankee ingenuity, you, you sit down, you think it out, and say, "We can't do it traditionally." So, do we just say, "To heck with it. We're just not going to do it this year. We'll skip a year." No, right. you sit down, you look at all the options, you you discuss it, and you come up with a plan that is a, a viable alternative. To, to the norm. And that's what we all have done for the last year and a half. We Absolutely. have had to come up with alternate plans in order to keep ourselves going. Absolutely. And my dad is, of course, chiming in again with an excellent point, I think. He says, companies of all kinds reshape their businesses beyond what they even thought possible. That's right. Zoom was a salvation for yeah. many. And Zoom is, yes, Zoom whether you were in a, it doesn't matter, Girl Scout troop, a, a multi-million dollar corporate corporation, um, a small independent business, a church, a, sh a baby shower, a wedding. I mean, Zoom 
<laughs> Should have bought stock in Zoom before all this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned churches. Uh, the, you know, the religious organizations and everything, they all adapted themselves. Many of them streamed their services. Uh, many of them used Zoom. Uh, and uh, that's another another area where a lot of them that are coming out of the pandemic and are opening their doors and welcoming their congregations to come and worship in person, they are continuing to stream via Facebook and all for those that are saying, I'm not ready yet, but I want to participate. And, you know, so we've all, we've all learned a lot from this and, and, and it was not an exercise we all wanted to go through and all, but we all learned that sometimes less is more Uh, and, and, and you can reinvent yourself, repurpose what your game plan is. Um, And going forward, you were talking about the live streaming church. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and I asked her if she was going back to church yet in person. And she said, no, and it's not because I don't feel comfortable. She said, I've gotten both my vaccination shots. I'm fine. She said, the problem Vaughn is that I've become very comfortable sitting on my couch in my pajamas with my cup of coffee. And I think that's actually going to be, an issue with a lot of people is we've become a little bit, while we're still maintaining productivity, I, I am anyway, and I think a lot of people are, still there are those tendencies to continue on. If you have been comfortable on a Sunday morning with your husband having coffee, watching church on TV, you might continue doing that for a while. I said to her, you got to get back. It's the fellowship. But anyway, but I'm just saying people have kind of fallen into new habits. <laughs> right, right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, one of those habits is I have gotten so used to sitting down every evening, Lauren and I sit down and we watch a movie or something on Netflix and, and Prime, and some of them are recently released movies. And all and and I we keep looking at each other saying, are we ever going to go back to the theater? You know, to go back to the theater, pay the prices. I mean, five dollars for a box of popcorn uh, and, and a drink. You can sit in the comfort of your own home. There are so many movie streaming services now that you can can watch everything almost when it's released in the movies. You can now pay that fee or less and watch it watch it at home and By sit the and way, have a meal. An industry that was an industry that did not fare well. The movie theaters. Yeah, and, yeah. In fact, some, some of them, some of them have not reopened. Whole, yeah, I think Hollywood as a whole, you know, and I feel it's awful. Like Broadway, the movies, Hollywood. I mean, uh, actors in general. I mean, we used to watch. Um, <laughs> what? What was that? But I mean, live live theater. You know, uh, uh, I'm on the board of Theater Frisco, and uh, we're now talking about we're going to resume yeah. with live plays probably with our yeah. uh, in October of this year. Uh, but but live performances, both musical performances, concerts, uh, live theater, and all have all been put on hold, and and it's uh, you know everybody's itching to get back to it too, and I hope we'll see it soon. So, yep. Me too. Well, well, glad, glad you know, you've gotten your vaccinations. How did you do? How did you do after you got your second shot? Uh, actually, I had a little harder time with the second shot than the first one. I, I had, I had joint pain for probably a couple of weeks. Uh, oh my God. Really? Yeah. But, but, uh, it's, it's gone now and it's been, gosh, I think almost three weeks since I had that, that, uh, final, final shot. Did you have and Moderna now I'm, I'm, or I'm really, Pfizer? I had Pfizer. Yeah, you know, uh, and I'm 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 thrilled to see now that that we're that they they're accelerating the number of people. They're dropping the age groups that can get inoculated now. They're getting uh, more and more people are are uh, able to get to get their shots and get them at an early age. They're even starting to get down into the college and, and middle school and, and even grade schools uh, starting to to open programs up so everybody can be inoculated. So, you know, as, as I say, that's that's the upside of what we've gone through for this last year and a half. But uh, 
you know, hopefully it's all behind us and businesses will start to thrive again. Uh, all the industries will and and uh, the best of luck to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Stay safe, so, and, stay healthy. That's right. And I, that'll probably do it again for another edition of uh, Something to Talk About. Uh, we'll get on the, uh, put the, the thinking caps on again and start working on what we're going to talk about next week. But hopefully you'll go out there and make it a good rest of your week and the weekend. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you right here again next week for another edition of Something to Talk About. And in the meantime, go Bears. Go Bears. That's right. Stick them. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, we, we go on, Mark. <laughs>